Precious Father, I want to thank you again for the opportunity we have to go through the scriptures and to listen to your word. There's nothing more important than what you have to say. Pray, Lord, that you help us to honor your word so that you can give us the revelation in it. In Jesus' name we pray. In this time that we are doing praying and fasting, I will um, appeal to us to make sure that you are not doing all the talking. The tendency is to just talk, 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 talk. Make sure that God talks too. Actually, it's more important that you hear God than what you're saying. And it's very important that God talks even more to you than you talk to him. During period of prayer, people rattle, 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 rattle. At the end of it, they have no idea of God's response. But God wants to talk back to us. That's really prayer. It has to be a two-way conversation. So I'm appealing to you that you listen to God through Scripture. When I pray, I go to Scripture. I start reading my Scripture normally. And I said to God, I said, I want to hear what the Father is telling me. And out of those scriptures I'm reading, I will see response to what I was talking about. From those scriptures I'm reading, I will see response to what I'm, I've been talking to God about. And sometimes it gives you more insight to how you should pray and what you are saying that is not right. Always doing that. You don't have to hear audible voice. Do never seek, never seek audible voice. If you do, demons will help you. Don't do things like that. Go to your Bible and say, let me hear what the Father is what? Saying to me. Read it. Because that's the voice of God. You can hear God in your spirit within you. So if you're praying this period, make sure that you are allowing God to talk back to you. That way you can have him guide you through your prayer. Fasting is, during the time of fasting, you must let God guide you in the type of fast he wants you to do, how he wants you to do it. Because we must be led by the Holy Spirit in all things. In all what? I didn't hear you. In what? All things. Must be led by the Holy Spirit and inspired by him. So having said that, uh, let's us go to what we are talking about today. Today we are talking about the mystery of godliness. First Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace Sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know that God does not speak in vain. Anything God says is important and has meaning. Here we see the Holy Spirit telling us that a man has a spirit, a soul, and their body. And that we need to be sanctified in all these three realms of our life. It's very important. Let me read it again. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy, holy, holistic, all of you. And then he put it like this, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, all of it. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul said something very amazing. In Second First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of what? Godliness. So the, the, the Christian life and the call to Christ. It's not just to go to church and go home and do fasting. They are wonderful. They are means to bring you to the purpose of your call. Paul was praying that we should know the purpose of his call. The purpose of his call, and I want you to listen to me very well, is so that Christ will have complete expression of, his, of himself through your spirit, through your mind, and through your body. Let me repeat that. The purpose of our calling to Christ is so that God, God through Christ, will have a complete expression of, his, of himself, a complete expression of his character, of his power, of his glory, 
through you, through your spirit, through your what again? Soul or your mind, and through your body. That's complete sanctification, complete consecration. That's the purpose. And if we are not aware of this, we can pursue other purposes that is at cross purpose with what God intended by calling you to himself. But when we become aware of this, it becomes our pursuit and becomes our desire and becomes what we walk towards. So we're going to look at this at the sanctification of the spirit, sanctification of the mind, sanctification of the body to live a true Christian Christ-controlled life. That Christ will control my spirit, control my soul, control my body. Paul put it in another way. He said, the love of God controls me. Sanctification of the spirit is called, is, is described as a mystery. That's what the Holy Spirit called the mystery of godliness. The mystery of what? Godliness. So we start from looking at the mystery of uh, iniquity first because they walk opposite. When you see the mystery of iniquity, then when we talk of the mystery of godliness, it will help you understand it. And this is very important because you must understand the sanctification of your spirit. Very, very important. In our articles of faith, one of the things we put there that we believe in is we believe in sanctification. We believe in the doctrine of sanctification, which is very, very true. So the mystery of iniquity in First Second Thessalonians 2, 7, it says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. He called iniquity mystery. Called godliness mystery. He said the mystery of sinfulness. There's a mystery about it. A mystery is something that is hard to understand. Something that is difficult to understand. A hidden truth. It's a fact. The Holy Spirit says iniquity is a mystery. Now let's look at how the mystery of iniquity works. So we can now, like I said, it will help us understand the opposite mystery, which is the mystery of uh, godliness. Ezekiel 28:15 is talking about uh, the devil. Surprisingly, we're starting from there. Ezekiel 28, 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways. Now, he's talking about Lucifer. I mean, this is the devil himself being described like this. Thou was perfect. Perfect. Perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created. So God created this angel perfect. In his ways. And then the scripture said, till iniquity was found where? In thee. You were perfect angel, perfect creation. Verse 17 says, Thy heart was lifted up. Because of thy beauty, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. And scripture says, I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Remember the law? God says, if you lift yourself up, he said, I, God, will what? Bring it down. So in Isaiah 14, 12, he said, how art thou fallen from heaven? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which this weaken the nations, 13. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above 
the heights of the clouds, see what he's talking about. I will do this. I will be like the most high. 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to, this, to the sides of the pit. Now, some translations, when they were writing Ezekiel 28, 15, they said pride was found in the iniquity. Pride was found in the. So from reading uh, Isaiah 14, 12, you will see that actually it is pride that was found in him. And the devil originated sin. Before this point, there was no sin anywhere. There was no rebellion anywhere. Not among angels, nowhere. Until pride was found in the devil. In John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil. The loss of your father you would do. He was a murderer from the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him anymore. Wait, remember, he was perfect. Now there's no truth in him anymore. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. When you say somebody is the father of this person, what does he mean? He gave birth to it. So he originated sin. He gave birth to it. It was found in him. And the Bible calls it mystery of iniquity. It's a mystery. It was found in. And so that pride that um, the devil had became his nature. The perfect angel became the perfect evil. The perfect angel became what? Perfect evil. The evil. The evil. Devil. The evil one. No truth in him anymore. Nothing. Because he was perfect, God created him. He was enjoying fellowship in the kingdom of God. But when that was found in him, God does what he does all the time. He caught fellowship with him took light away from him, which means God parted ways with him, and his nature will never be righteous, will never be good, because there can't be goodness without God. His nature became evil, perfect evil, with no light in him, with no God, Perfect angel, God withdrew from him. He became perfect evil. His nature became united with evil. United with evil. The mystery of iniquity. That sin can originate in a being and unite with the spirit, unite with that spirit and become evil. Hard to explain. And what that prideful spirit does, I want you to listen to me, people, because it's happening everywhere. What that prideful spirit does is it subverts divine will. That's what it does. When that thing came, the devil said, I will lift up myself. I'm going to be like the most what? To subvert the authority of God, to subvert the will of God. That is what that thing does. It does it all the time. Whatever is working, you see a human being, you read the Bible and tell him, God says so, so he said, I don't care. That's that spirit. It subverts the divine will. In pride, exalts himself above God. And say who is God. But this is what the Bible says. My friend, I don't care. 
That's what it does. It's a prideful spirit. It's a prideful nature. So you can see why God will resist the pride every day of their life. Because that subversive nature is what is, is challenging God. So in James chapter 4, 6, but he gave it more grace. Wherefore he said, God resisted the proud. Why? That's a rebellious challenge to divine will and divine authority. God resisted the proud, but gave it grace to the humble. And he said in verse 7, submit yourself therefore to God. Don't operate that rebellious, prideful thing. If you want God to lift you up. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, because that's what he does. He wants to implant in you that prideful nature, that prideful spirit, so you can begin to subvert and have no respect for God. That's why we lost sacredness, sense of sacredness. We have lost sense of respect for the almighty God and his word. The mystery of iniquity. And then Adam and Eve, again, created perfect. You need to see how this thing works. Adam was perfect. When God created him, God said it was, it was good. It was perfect. Again, like Lucifer was perfect. And this union with this thing called iniquity took over and became, he became united. His spirit became united. God, he was perfect, walking in the, in the kingdom of God. In fact, the Bible described all the privileges he was enjoying. He was leading chorus. Until iniquity was funny. Until pride was funny. And here was Adam and Eve, again perfect, having fellowship with God. God will come in the cool of the evening and have time with them. And the devil showed up. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, was he attacking the will of God? You need to subvert the will of God. You need to subvert it. You need to subvert the authority of God, these people. Has God said? Is that his will? Has God said? And the woman said, yeah, God said, he said, no, I want to subvert that thing and give you something you can do. Immediately they did that. Their nature changed too. Mystery of iniquity is that when your spirit unites with evil, it changes who you are. Why? Because God separates from God cannot behold what? Separate. That fellowship they used to have, something happened to it. There's a law, a spiritual law, that Paul wrote about by the Holy Spirit in Romans 6, 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey. It's a spiritual law. When Adam and Eve obeyed, iniquity and obeyed the devil, they became his servant. They were servants of God. Now they are no more servants of God because they've subverted the will of God, subverted the authority of God after the nature and the activity of demons. And they became evil. Ephesians 2 describes it. Once you were dead because, you know what dead means? You don't have God in you. Dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, verse 2. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the prideful, rebellious spirit that challenges divine authority, divine will. 
Don't be shocked when you tell people the Bible says something and they rise up in that spirit. Have compassion. I'm telling you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that anybody in his rightful mind will get into a car and drive into a ravine? You know what a ravine is? A ravine is a valley. Many of you came to America before me. Am I going to teach American English? Okay, what's up, man? I want to ask a simple question. Do you think that anybody in his rightful mind will drive a car into a ravine? Huh? Is either he's drunk, which means something uh, something taken over his life. There's no human being who knows the authority of God and knows what he's doing that will challenge the divine authority except something has taken over his life. So he says in verse 2, Ephesians 2, 2, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That same prideful spirit that wants to subvert divine will. Do you know when Jesus was teaching about prayer, what did he say? That we be done well because they are subverting it. I came to do that well, oh Lord. I came to do the reverse. There's work in the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature and our very nature now, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But nobody in his right mind will want to be subject to divine anger. Nobody. So when, when that thing begins to operate in a human being, it's, it's, do you know what it means to press a self-destruct button? That's what it is. You just pressed a self-destruct button. You have pressed a button and saying to yourself, destroy yourself. That's what it means. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them for their what? They don't know what they're doing. They pressed self-destructive button. They say his blood shall be upon their head and their children. You go to the Middle East, blood is still flowing. Still flowing. There's no day they don't fight there and kill somebody. Romans 5.12 tells us exactly what happened because of that self-destructive button that they pressed. In yielding to this rebellious nature, when Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience, and death was the result. I'm going to teach on this by the grace of God when we teach on the Living World Conference. I'm going to teach on why you should fight sickness, and you should be able to fight it effectively. He says, when sin came, death was a result of that disobedience. Death, God separated. Life was out. Healing was gone. Blessing was gone. Because God is, all the good things come from him. All good and perfect things come from him. When it was gone, separated, all of them. So death came. Death is life without God. And not just spiritual death, physical death followed it. Because Adam and Eve were not supposed to die. Physical death followed it. And so death followed this sin. Let me read it again. Romans 5, 12. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience. 
Death was the result, and so death followed this sin, casting this shadow over all humanity, because all have now sinned, because of Adam's sin, death had authority over mankind. And so in mankind, God saw this nature had become the nature of man because we're descendants of Adam. Look at Genesis 6:5. And God saw, what did God see in Genesis 6:5? And God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that every imagination, are you reading it? Every what? Of his thoughts, of his heart was. Only what? Evil. How? Continual. Something that came to the devil, transferred it to mankind. Mystery of iniquity. The result is destructive. It's self-destructive stuff. That's why nobody in his right mind, you tell him God said, he's still saying, well, he's blinded. Totally blinded. That's self-destructive stuff. Because without God, you can do nothing. Without that, his will, you are, you, are, you are in trouble. So God said, I've seen this man that I created, this humanity that I created. He said, every imagination of their thoughts and of their hearts was only evil continually. And then they are now wired to, to rebel against God. Wired, completely wired. The devil achieved what he wanted. He wanted humanity to join him in rebellion. Romans 8, 6. He says, to be carnally minded is death. So the people who operate this rebellious mindset, who are even go to church, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are, are in the flesh cannot please God. So people who operate this prideful spirit, prideful mindset, in union with evil, the Bible says they cannot. Not they, now that they will try. No, they cannot. They cannot. Cannot means cannot. Cannot. Here is what our Lord Jesus said. Mark 10. And he arose from tents, committing to the coast of Judea by the farther side of Jordan, and the people resort unto him again, and as he was wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him and asked him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Tempting him. Three, and he answered and said unto them, what did Moses command you? Oh, they were very excited. Very, very excited. And they said, yep, Moses suffered to to write a bill of divorcement, to put her away. That's what Moses said. So what do you have to say? And Jesus answered and said unto them, for the hardness of your heart. Your heart is wired to rebel against God. Wired. Remember, he said the thought of their heart is evil continually. He said for the hardness of your heart, he wrote you, this precept. All humanity has fallen. For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. He said from creation, it wasn't so. But God had looked in and seen humanity that the heart of man is continually evil and unable. 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 Unable to obey. Actually, the law he gave to mankind was to reveal that man is evil. That's what the Bible said. Because if he didn't give the law, he said, what did I do? Why did I break your law? God said, okay, here is the law. And then at the end of it, they all have what? Sin. He said, the law will make us shut up. So nobody can come before God and boast anymore. Jesus said, from the creation, it wasn't God's plan. But you don't have the kind of heart 
that will do the will of God. So God said, mm, because your nature is what? If you will rebel. Even if I tell you, you won't do it. And God used a metaphor to describe what has happened because of this transfer of iniquity into mankind. He said the man, the man has a heart of stone. A heart of stone. So in Ezekiel 4.17. Ezekiel 4.17. So this I say and, and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as his presence as in his presence, that you must no longer live. See how Paul describes this life. Live as the heathen, the Gentiles do in their perverseness, in the folly, in the vanity, and emptiness of their souls, and futility of their minds. Not only their spirit, their mind. Sanctification of the spirit and the soul, and the body, in their minds. 18, um, 18. Their moral understanding is darkened, and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, constrained, self-banished, self-banished from the life of God, with no share in it. This is because of their ignorance, the want, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep seated in them. Iniquity was found in Lucifer and found in man. In man. Mystery of iniquity is that man's spirit was united with evil and he becomes one with him. By nature, it's evil. Said it was found in him. It's not from outside. Jesus said the thing that deals with man is from where? Within him. It's from within him. So don't look for outside. That thing is happening from within him. And he said due to the hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature, in their spiritual apathy, they have become callous, past feeling, reckless, and have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sensuality, eager, greedy to indulge in every form of iniquity that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. From within. Matthew 7.20. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that, that defiled the man. For from within, from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil. The mystery of iniquity. From within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, greed. Going to take something you won't pay and you're coming to church. Do you, you can see this heart right here. No matter what you say, I won't do it. Not listening to it. Because deep there is the mystery of iniquity controlling this person. Hey, Pastor, I know. Huh? Pastor, I know. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Pastor, this your suit is good, though. I know. I know. I know. Toto Gaga. Don't worry about it. There is something deep there. Controlling that person. The Bible says he cannot do the will of God. Forget about church dress well. Forget about it. He's doing more than you know. The carnal mind cannot. You see, he didn't say we cannot. He will go and take more things. He won't pay again. It is, I'm telling you what, this is Bible. This is Bible. Sanctification of the spirit, of the mind, and of the body. Very critical. So that the whole expression of Christ, Christ can be revealed and reveal his holiness, his 
godliness, his love, his mercy, his power, his healing power, he lay hands on the sick, everything. And when you, you, when you understand this teaching, do you know this picture, what they call halo, halo? You know what a halo is? Is it halo or halo? You came here before me, you still don't know it. It's halo, it's not halo. It's halo. Halo. You know the halo? Huh? You don't know where halo is. Okay. Let me show you a Christian. A Christian moves in divine halo all around him. That's why the devil looked at Job and said to Job, you put a hedge what? Around him. He's moving in your halo. I can't touch him. Read your Bible. So I can't touch him. That's why if you, even if you drink any dirty thing, shall what? No, because you are a full expression of Christ. What never happens to Christ won't happen to you. See what we lose? Self-destruct party. Self-destruct. Did you know? Look, read, read Bible, please. You will never see long prayer in the Bible. Oof, you won't see it. Long prayer. Prayer is good. Lengthy prayer is good. I pray lengthy. I pray three hours from sometimes, sometimes five. I, I'm clean. I'm not kidding. But in the Bible record, you are not going to see all these saints of God pray long prayer, but you can see the power of God come down. Read your Bible. When they prayed and they were flogged and persecuted and they went and said to God, behold, they are threatening. How long did it take? God shook up the hopeless. When, when, when Moses prayed for, a, for the sister, you remember the sister? The, who is the sister? Eh? Miriam. That was the one that took this young boy to the water now, washed over him, and then ran to the, 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 the king's daughter and said, I, I have a, somebody who can take care of him for you. He said, go and bring him. So he went and brought Miriam, the one that took care of him, his baby boy, became a leper. Because he, he doesn't know the, the the, how serious God takes spiritual authority. And many of you don't know. The reason that Aaron wasn't a leper was because he was a priest. But Miriam became a leper. And Moses was looking at his sister, the one that carried him, cleaned him up. And Aaron said, Sir, we have sinned against God by talking about you. We acted foolishly. Now you pray to God to heal our sister. Go and read that prayer. It's eight words. And God healed her. No repetition, no, oh, oh Lord, no, no. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, heal her. Boom. You should walk in the halo of, the, of divine presence. I'm telling you. That makes you a peculiar person. A special human being. But we press this self-destruct button and things are running here while around us and we're confused. God says, if a man, if a man's way pleases the Lord, he will make even his enemies to what? Be at peace with his enemies. That's what Christianity is. That's what it is. And God, God says, uh, Matthew 12, 13. So this is how Jesus described it. Either make the tree good and his fruit good. So you can't try to change a tree. He said the only way to change him is to make, his, make the tree good, the inside. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit Tree fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of what? Vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good? So it's not possible. It's not possible. Say so you can't speak good things. Remember what they told you? We say because of the hardness of your heart, you can't do the will of God. You have this subversive spirit that subverts the will of God all the time. It's called carnal mindedness. That's what Paul said. I can't teach you anything because you're carnally minded. You can't accept the things of God. 
So now God, God promised to change all of that in mankind. Can I hear amen? God said, I'm going to change all of this because I love man and I created man and the devil came and corrupted humanity. I'm going to change humanity back and bring them back to godliness. That's called the mystery of godliness. Godliness is because you want to be holy or do good. You must understand it. It's a, this, the reverse process of iniquity is the reverse process of godliness. Now, in, in Ezekiel 11, Ezekiel 11, I wish I knew how many minutes more I have. Five minutes? Fifteen? Fourteen minutes? You know, you're using sign language for me. Fourteen minutes. Are you getting anything? If you are following me, say amen. amen. We won't finish this today. By the grace of God, next Sunday will continue from the sanctification of the mind and then the sanctification of the body. That's why I told you, I said, you come and let's talk about the mystery of godliness. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, God says, I will. Woo! I, God, will. When he says I will, he's the only one who can say I will. Nobody else can say, you can only say if God uh, wills. He's the only one who can say I will. He said, my counsel will stand. I'm God. He said, I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. Somebody shout hallelujah. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender responsive heart. So they will obey my decrees now and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I'll be their God. And God did that through Jesus Christ. A perfectly evil man. God did the reverse. God made him a perfectly righteous man. The devil came and took a perfectly righteous man and made him a perfectly evil person. And God came and took the same man who is perfectly evil, who can't obey God and reverse him and made him perfectly righteous. 1 Timothy 3.16. Let's see what God did. When you came to Christ, you were what? Uh, When you came to Christ, what happened? Is it up there? Oh, it's not up there. Oh, okay. Is it up there? Okay, fine. Is it up there? Okay. When you came to Christ, what happened? You were what? Circumcised. But not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. The cutting away of that, that sinful, prideful, rebellious nature had to be taken off by God. God took it off. Mystery. Number two thing he did, he planted his nature in you. He took away the evil thing and planted himself, his life, into your spirit, fused this together. The sanctification of the spirit. Took away the evil thing and planted the good, his life, his spirit. Fused him to you together like this. You became one with him. First Timothy 3.16, and Paul said, and without controversy, great. Great is the mystery of what? Godly. This is one of the greatest revelations that God gave to Paul. One of the most life-changing revelations any Christian can grab is this. Great 
Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. Who is talking about? Jesus. He said, this is a great, the great mystery of, our, of godliness is that God came to make man godly. That God himself showed up here on earth. And remember, God said, I'm going to take away this evil heart from them. I'm going to take away this. I'm going to take away this. And he circumcised us. So Paul is saying, the great mystery of our faith is that God came here to change us. Can I hear amen? And he continued in, in Colossians 1.25 to explain this. He said, wherefore, I am made a minister. I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God. He said, God called me to teach this thing. Verse 23 says, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made what? Manifest to his saints who we are descent. What is the mystery? What is this mystery? Hard to understand. What is it mystery of godliness that is great? Paul, what did God reveal to you? In verse 27, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, what is the mystery? Which is what? Christ in you, what? The hope of God. The mystery of godliness is that God came and took residence in you and gave you, imparted, remember, that when, the, when iniquity was found in the devil, his life, he became united with evil. He transferred it to, to Adam. And then all mankind got it. God reversed it all now. He came and cut off the nature that the, the devil planted in us and then took himself, breathing himself, God in himself, in all his fullness. Boom! To your spirit. United as one, not separated. So when God looks into you, he won't see that evil no more. What will he see? Christ in you. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. And he said, that's the hope of glory. That's the reason you can live now a godly life. Remember before, he said, you can't. No matter how you try. But now you can't. But now you can. Because God is now at working you. Before the devil was at working you. Now God is at working you. Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you now. What is he working to do? Both to will and to do what? Of his good pleasure. See, situation changed. The mystery of godliness is that God lives in you to make you do his will. Unlike when the devil was making you resist God, rebel against his will. Now God lives in you to make you do his will. And you say, oh, but if God lives in me, why, why is it that some Christians don't do his will? That's why we go to sanctification of the mind. Because your mind needs to be sanctified. And then your body needs to be sanctified. So that you can be wholly controlled by the Spirit of Christ. And then you have this halo, halo of God all around you. That's why Jesus said, you are the light, what? Of the world. When they see you, they see my halo all around you. Can I hear amen? amen. I remember there was somebody that, uh, this boy just got into this thing. He will have committed morality with it with the landlord's daughter, and then once he did that, we lose his mind. Anytime he did that, we lose his mind. So he lost his mind, and then they, they brought him to church. After service, they wanted him to uh, go with us, and so they asked me if I could take him in my car. I said, why, why not? They couldn't put that boy in my car. They, no, they, he would come and stand, they said, there is a person, there is a presence in that car, I'm not going in. They couldn't convince him. He said, there's somebody there. I'm not going. They talked to him. He said, no. I'm not going. That demon spirit wouldn't let him go in. Because he was seeing something. 
I remember a small boy came there one day, stood before me. I was looking at He asked me, he said, are you Jesus? Then Stella was alive. Stella was sitting by me. He said, Pastor, that boy is seeing something. They should look at you and say, that's the light of the world. Can I hear amen? amen. It's not coming to church and going. It's not 30 days dry, 100 days dry, no. When they look at you, what do they see? You walk into anywhere, the atmosphere changes. You have to pray. Your presence alone brings divine fullness. I'm telling you, brings divine fullness. God wants to reveal his holiness. His power. Not just holiness, his power. His, his, the mysteries of, of who he is. So you become a wonder to people. Become a wonder to people. You become a wonder to people. Let's pray. Precious Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege of teaching us so that we can be a full representation of Jesus, not just churchgoers, so that your will will control us. Because in that control of your will, we see your glory in full manifestation. Anything reverse, we put us in tumor, and we praise that self-destruct button. Confusion all over the place. For your purpose is to be our shepherd, to lead us to green pastures, to lead us to still waters, so that through us, your glory will be revealed to the world. Thank you for talking to us again. Father, I pray that you help us to remember, remind us these things. Prepare us as we continue on this line about the salvation of God, what salvation means, what salvation has brought to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.